I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. Those that don't know us, we are the Top Cut Podcast. We are in, uh, a very, 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 very small podcast, probably... The smallest guest on the subathon at all throughout the <laughs> entire time. Um, and we are, well, I'm Sonny. This is Caleb. Hello. And of course, we have our wonderful guest, Farfa, with us. What's up, dude? Uh, I, uh, I'm happy to be here because I haven't been on a, a podcasts at, at least in a while. I don't even remember any I've been on, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, this is a different experience. And. Glad to try out uh try out something new well we're gonna keep it pretty standard here we're not gonna get too in, too in depth on anything um we're gonna start off like i said a few minutes ago before we started recording on some patron names and then we're i want to talk a little bit about you as a player and as a creator and kind of how you got into the game and then we will shift from there into a little bit of discussion about the meta and basically everything that's wrong with the game so wrong and what do you mean wrong there's nothing wrong with the game what are you so no you no saying? no what's your cosy id oh no oh no it started um <laughs> and if konami if you're listening like farfa said there's nothing wrong it's this game is perfect i don't i i have no criticism personally um it's, it's all caleb i swear <laughs> so of course let's start with by thanking all of our wonderful patrons so a huge thank you to here we go it, you can just stop me whenever you have something you want to say. Cam uh, Yang is a furious. Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Marshawn Jones is a furious. Yeet the feet. <laughs> AD Anthony Leela confirmed. Konami has a shame kink. I'm so getting oh. banned. Oh. <laughs> Dank Nugs Earth Machine best deck, which is just a lie. Um, I, mean, I think that's pretty true. Epi, has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln, Jarrett Helton, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rudolph, Sprite Farter. Oh. 
Sprite <laughs> fart. Oh god, what a great pun. That's oh, I love it. That's a, that's well, hilarious. To be fair, it started <laughs> off as invoked fart, and then I believe it was. There's been a bunch of fart ones. Yeah. Uh, super ancient deep CDs nuts king seal again. <laughs> I can't. I can't even say that one. <laughs> uh, tear laments having this floodgate in your mouth. Oh. The Hoover Dam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Hoover Dam is a floodgate. Having this floodgate in your mouth. Well, this is great. What the hell? There's a you lot of so floodgate creative. ones. There's there's a lot of floodgate ones because we have this ongoing debate on the podcast, which you do, I know you don't know this, but you accidentally f fanned the flames heavily on whether or not Appaloosa is a floodgate. And do, uh, I, did I did I talk about Apollo, Apollo being a floodgate of sorts? So on your last subathon, you had an interview with Patrick Hoban mm. and Appaloosa was brought up and he said Appaloosa is a floodgate. And I it's been an ongoing thing for a long time on the podcast at this point. <sighs> it's a problem. Uh, it's some way to look at it, I suppose. But, you know, my good friend uh, Vlad always says that Blue Eyes White Dragon is a floodgate because nothing over 3,000 attack can deal with it. So it's a floodgate. I guess that's one way to look at yeah. cards. Oh, no. Okay, so you know Giant Skyhawk? Yes. It's so bad that he has created an entire alignment chart on what is and is not a floodgate. And every time it comes up, he brings it up he posts it in the server because he's a mod in our server and so it comes up a lot and that that i'll have to send it to you later for you to I go assume Apollo has to be like chaotic neutral right alongside i don't know imperial orders like lawful evil and stuff right uh, i think i i don't even remember it's so convoluted yeah it gets to the I'm point sure. where the konami rule book is listed as a floodgate in one of the squares like like <laughs> lawful I evil mean, or something if there's rules and i can't do what i want with my cards it, you're you're floodgating me right is how you, it's is, is the logic it's something like that all right we have unbanned number 95 konami understanding and reading are two different things uh, <laughs> there's more of these nuts ones coming i'm just gonna warn you <laughs> virtually savior's world you still play dragon link will cry me a river while i'm dragging these nuts across your face <laughs> standard american humor <laughs> it's so it's low-hanging fruit, but it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Zingus Khan, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Brandon Potter, Dragon Maidenless Behavior. Nice. That, nice. That's, that's that, my that one's been my favorite for a long time. Jerry Beans Man, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong, slaking it up, limiter removal for game. I don't know what that one's about, would you? It's a Numeron player. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling you might have something to do with that. The Numeron player. I, I, I it has to be. Have stop crying glass. about yeah. Stop crying about call, call by its balanced VFDs nuts. And <laughs> <laughs> so basic, so typical. It's like laughing at a fart joke. Wow, I hate myself. You chuckled. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, being bound by that of the head judge, I repeat, there's no way anyone is legally allowed to say that. So there's that, that's the culmination of, there was originally a, there's no way, legally I'm not allowed to say that. And then there was a, yes, you are allowed to say that. And then people have been changing names back and forth as like a, a war in our patron names. I don't know. It's been weird, <laughs> but okay. Quite the audience, yeah. 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 So 
anyway, let's go ahead and tra transition a little way away from the stupid to something a little bit more interesting, which is you, actually. Oh, boy. So a lot of people don't really give you, in my opinion, the credit that you deserve for what you've done for this community, not just as a content creator, but, well, as a content creator pulling forward and really expanding upon the Twitch platform. And to me, your 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 Twitch streams have really opened up this platform in a way that hasn't been done since the early days of YugiTube. You've really pioneered Twitch as a medium for Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was wondering if you could give any kind of background thought into how you decided to go through to Twitch as your way that you wanted to create content. Uh, honestly, I feel like, if anything, the OG uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! streamer was Mega Capital G. And that's where I got a lot of my inspiration from back in 2015 or 16 or whenever it was that I like uh, first created my Twitch account. Because um, I remember seeing him stream like in the evenings at like, you know, very, very late my time because of the time zones. Um, and he would be sitting with like 150 to 200 viewers. And that was just mind blowing to me. Like, like you have like three digits worth of people. 200 people are here to just play Yu-Gi-Oh! and talk about that. That's crazy. Um, and I guess I just sort of felt like, well, I mean, I like hanging out and just shooting the shit and talking with people and having a nice good old time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Capital G is a massive uh, inspiration for, for my Twitch streaming of Yu-Gi-Oh! specifically. So, uh, yeah, I, that's where I kind of credit that from, honestly. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I remember we started playing the game around 2010 competitively and stopped about 2014 and came back in 2020 for some unknown reason. Why would you stop and... in 2014? Sorry, I know that's a sidetrack, but that was like one of the best years of Yu-Gi-Oh. How can you stop in 2014? All of our stuff got stolen for the second time and we were tired of it. Well, now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> no, no, it's something that we ask ourselves because as you said, it it was the best. Yeah. Now, now I go back and we play that format in retro, and I'm just like, man, why did I stop? This is amazing. It was, but it I was missed... pretty good. It was. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I like the diversity and stuff of it. Yeah. I, to be fair, we did miss all of the Pendulum era, so no Pepe or anything like that. We missed all of Zoo. We missed all of uh, like all those Tier Zero formats. We missed all the Gumblar loops. We missed all the Goki U links. So I, I can't complain that much about what I yeah, missed. You didn't I miss like anything. Didn't... Don't worry about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I came back to was a very different content creation space, which you were a big part of. Mm. So, so obviously to come up with the passion to play, to stream and content create around Yu-Gi-Oh!, you also had to have obviously a passion for the game. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit of background about how you got into the game itself when you started playing, maybe got into the anime early and kind of your background in Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, my origin story is like pretty simple. I started playing the game when it was first like available and released and it was a crazy cool fad for, you know, 10, 11 year olds at the time. It was, uh, you know, the millennial game to play as a, as a kid. And then I, uh, you know, stopped playing like 
six months later or whenever it died out because it's just a fad and it didn't really stick where I lived at least. So yeah, after uh, Structure Deck Kaiba Yugi, didn't really play at all, ever. Um, and then that was it, that was the end of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, many, many years later in 2013, at the end of Dragon Roller format, me and my friend were just hanging around, uh, sitting in his basement, playing video games, hanging out, watching shit on YouTube. And uh, suddenly we randomly found uh, a stack of his cards uh, just sitting like in like a box behind his desk or something. And uh, there was Yu-Gi-Oh cards in it. We're like, oh, wow, I remember this shit. This was great. And then we just pulled out the cards and just started playing like randomly with those old like trap holes and reinforcements and large ends. And it was like second nature. Like, we still remembered how to like summon and the phases and all that kind of stuff. And uh yeah, we just played a couple of times with this old crappy like LOB uh, structure deck cards from Kaiba Yugi and basically just kind of went from there. Started looking into the research in the modern game, uh, took a deck to locals and um, here we are now. That's fair. I understand that. So what time did you see yourself start getting competitive in the game, maybe doing well at locals, attending regionals, things like that? How, how far into your progression of playing the game do you think you were because we we didn't start going to locals until we were probably a year into the game and then regionals not long after that but i think that that's kind of the progression for a lot of people is that they take it really slowly step by step i jumped in uh, to competitive Yu-Gi-Oh immediately like i wanted to like do well like like i'm a competitive person i want like you sit and you duel someone and like well my objective here is to to beat that person so for me, it was always a competitive game and it was always like, you know, trying to like be better than my opponent and stuff like that. So uh, when I started researching and stuff, you know, I was like, I didn't have, th there wasn't like resources at the time that really taught you like what is competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. So I figured like, okay, well, these like structure decks, things, doohickeys that are a thing now, they look like good value for money, right? Just put three of these together. Um... <laughs> And like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't researching, but I just logically made sense. Like, okay, well, if I just take like three agent structure decks together, that's like a strategy, right, surely? And so I took a structure deck to locals and I got stomped. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, now I need to do some research. And I went on YouTube and I tried looking for decks that I could play at locals that were um, viable, that didn't require me to spend a lot of money. And shoutouts to, to Team Samurai, who's been YouTubing forever, but I took his uh, Blackwing deck profile back in 2013 because that deck is was was notoriously cheap, at least uh, at that time of the uh, in that period of the game. Uh, and yeah. so I uh, tried Blackwings, and then as I got more involved with locals and interacted with people and talked to people and experienced the actual real meta after the ban list in January 2014. Uh, I decided to step it up and play like a meta deck, and I played uh, I played Firefist at my first regional, and I didn't top, but I got my invite, which was I guess kind of neat for my uh, first ever regional. Um, so you know that was I guess like the stepping stones, slowly progressively getting further and further deeper into the meta and learning the game and trying to understand like how to actually physically play the game at a competitive level, which. It's very difficult, I feel like, in 2014-2013 era before the advent of social media. Because I think there was a big boom in social media in 2013-2014 for information available, 
or live streams right. is when live streams started happening, right? Like they started streaming uh, YCSs for the first time ever. So getting like valuable information in 2013 and 2014 is when that started. And so I guess I just progressed through that. Uh, unfortunately, I just never was good enough to really make it to the, the, to the top. So I guess that's one of my regrets, I suppose, um, as a content creator at the time, I guess I slowly got into that. I sort of focused more on um, the content side and focusing on, con on content is a bit hard if you're trying to also be competitive. So I tried my uh, I tried my best to be as good as I could at the time, but I could I never really could be that good, unfortunately. But yeah, it was uh, it was just that slow growth, I suppose. But I still always like want to like win and do well and optimize and all the typical like meta uh, things that are involved with, with Yu-Gi-Oh. Right. So. I actually, it's funny that you mentioned Black Wings around 2013. <laughs> yeah, Caleb, Caleb's background chuckling should clue you in. So we attended YCS Austin 2013. It was our first YCS that we ever attended and the only one we did before Charlotte this year. Mm. And I gotta say, I cannot help but remember a Black Wing feature match, like round four, dude was undefeated because Gale had just come off the ban list to three. Mm. Or was it? It was Kalut. It was Kalut. Yeah. And my the, my joy because Black Wings were my first competitive deck. The joy that I felt, and then the dude got stomped in the future match, and I was like, well, hmm. he tried. He tried. <laughs> I mean, hey, trying. I mean, I still think it was impressive. He got to round four completely undefeated at that point. He was dealing with Mermail and Fire Fist, so the, he did well. Yeah, the original uh, Firewater format. I don't think normal summon Shura special Gale was really quite going to cut it back then. No, it probably wasn't. The deck had some cool Xyz plays that it could do, but realistically, it had been power crept out of the meta. So, yeah. So, a little bit into... So, you started getting competitive around 2014, and your content creation started around 2015, I think? Uh, 2014 Nationals was exactly when I uploaded my first video. It was really just deck profiles and basic things like that. And then I slowly started evolving into more discussion-based things and took off from there. Gotcha. And a little bit of a side question. I'm seeing a lot of fish in the chat, and I'm wondering <clears throat> if you could explain the fish to me. It's absolutely nothing deep or no pun intended uh crazy about that i have a really uh great editor and moderator in vlads and uh he unfortunately saw a spinning fish as a gif in another stream he manages a lot of my youtube and my twitch and all of that stuff and he enabled it one day and then he posted it in chat and then saw someone saw it and was like oh that's really funny and then they copied it and posted it and they kept doing it and that's the story. There's nothing more to it. It's just a funny fish. And now we have hundreds of fish just flying through the chat. And, and, there's, and there's like literally like 15 variations of them. Like <laughs> I'm the noticing that. One. There's one like typing on the computer. There's like a gay one. Uh, troll it, pride, yeah. There's a troll face one. It's just ever, yeah. It's, it's coming to the point where it's absolute insanity. And I've had genuine complaints that some people can't watch my streams anymore. So... Maybe we have no. to reevaluate the fish. We'll see. It's fine when they have three or four, but when there's 30 of them, it's it's a lot. Haters, I know. Yeah. 
So getting back into the actual discussion. So as we trans as we move a little bit more into the actual meta and the actual meat of what's going on in the game today, I was wondering if you had possibly, I know that we're all desperately waiting for a ban list. We're waiting and waiting and we have YCS Niagara this weekend, no ban list in sight. Do you think that the game is in any way in a healthy place or really that the game needs a reboot of sorts or maybe just a light nudge in the right direction? Um, I think if there's anything to like handle or deal with the modern game, you're going to have to have like a, a, I would have, I, I would probably ban like close to like 50 to 100 cards um, because of like a lot of the interactions that I think make you go unhealthy. Uh, floodgates, uh, special summoning, tutoring from the main deck, and searching from the main deck using extra deck monsters is a massive uh, source of power creep and problematic issues that the game has. Um, but yeah, it, I would go with like a 50 plus card ban list for sure and just have a almost like a soft reset of the game through that. Um, another approach I think that could really work would just be like an alternative format not as a replacement, but as an addendum to the game that Magic the Gathering, for example, has multiple different formats people just choose to play that they can run instead. They don't have to play like Modern, they can play Legacy, they can play Commander, they can play, uh, I, I don't know, the Sicilian Come Gambit format, etc. They just have a <laughs> billion different formats, I guess, right? Uh, which I guess right. can be kind of confusing for some people, but I think Yu-Gi-Oh! could do well with a new reset of sorts and me and joseph mbt are actually trying and attempting to do that with a new series that are that's coming up soon as a small plug uh, we sat down tonight on stream and we just designed a pack and we're planning on going through uh, multiple eras of Yu-Gi-Oh and just playing like good cards from different eras of the game and just trying to make a healthy format and a healthy balanced game and going to be publicly available people can test it play it try it out see if they enjoy it um, and I think that basically something like that could work, like a rotation style format where right. you just have like a new, you could have a reboot of the game. They reprint all of these old school legacy cards and they progress forward and they rotate them out, bring good cards back in, bring bad cards, uh, uh bring better cards from the past back, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I think there's like a lot of potential for Yu-Gi-Oh in terms of alternative formats that can be explored. Um, in terms of the modern game, I do still like the modern the modern game i don't you know by all means like this for what it's worth for all of its flaws Yu-Gi-Oh has a lot of good things about it there's a lot of cool uh deck building and innovation that happens when something like a deck like tier limit is released for example it is incredible to watch people like jesse cotton and bowden recently who got second place at oceanics uh come up with like different strategies with such an open-ended deck um and even very easy or simple to build decks like Sprite, which I think is like also a major problem of modern Yu-Gi-Oh! Is like a lot of decks are released and they just build themselves. Um, right. There, there's don't need to be a genius to put a Sprite deck together. You can very clearly see that they were designed as cards to work with one another. Um, and yeah, I think decks like that are very bad in terms of design because, I mean archetypes i feel like are a whole different subject that you can talk about but i think that there's just different things that they can explore with an alternative format they don't need to necessarily follow archetypes and stuff again um but yeah yeah like i do like the modern game for some of its open-ended reasons in deck building but i think like 
there's also problems with it that I would address through a ban list or in some sort of alternative format. So do you think that maybe something like Speed Duel is potentially Konami's attempt at that? Or do you think they changed way too much when they made Speed Duel? Uh, so the thing is, I've, I'll be honest, I've never like properly attempted to sit down and try Speed Dueling. Um, the logic for me personally is that I'm not really into the physical card game itself. I feel like I'm part maybe now just of a generation that enjoys like the convenience of online gaming and stuff in general. I like Master Duel a lot because it's very easy to deal with. For a lot of people love just sitting and dealing with all these like finicky little pieces of cardboard that they have to dig out of boxes and put together into like their sleeves and then they build a deck. Like I am kind of sick of that at this point. Uh, when I play a Yu-Gi-Oh event, I take cards I need from friends, I borrow, I buy them if I need to, I'll play them and I won't touch them for months. I still have in my deck box my Splite deck from the European Championship. That was like almost a month ago and I, it, I haven't even opened my deck box because I just hate dealing with that. Um, so like trying something like Speed Duel, I never really did for those reasons. Now, in terms of the format and stuff and the gameplay, I think that Speed Duel probably does have a lot of potential, but I can't really comment on it too much because I just haven't tried it. I don't know. Um, I, I'm hoping and praying that Master Duel explores uh, the extensivity of different formats and game modes and things like that. And I think it has so much potential when you have a digital game because you can program and code your game to do different things. And I think like Master Duel has that infinite potential. They've actually tried that with Cross Duel, which just came out today. I played that a lot on stream and it's interesting. It's a different take. It's not a card game per se, but it's a different type of game and I don't hate it. Uh, so I, I just want to see more different things explored. And I'm hoping that Master Duel explores things like legacy formats, different game modes, arena mode, which is very similar. Like basically, I'm talking about Hearthstone here, like something like a Yu-Gi-Oh arena or like a draft mode. Would just be, it would just be infinite content, you know? And I, I feel like something like that, just different, but not too different from constructed advanced regular Yu-Gi-Oh, I think is definitely something this game is missing. Really just a fresh take that can be yeah. done easily through Master Duel, right? I feel like Cross Duel was like a really good step in that direction, but yeah, uh, like a Yu-Gi-Oh Battleground or Auto Battler, like someone in my chat just mentioned, would be kind of cool. Definitely. Um, actually, I have a quick question about um, your opinion on a specific thing I thought that I've been thinking of for Master Duel. Is like Master Duel exclusive cards? Because it's a programming thing, you can do a lot more with them, so you can... So kind of like how Hearthstone has some cards that on summon that when they're summoned they summon something else. Like, in your opinion, do you think that'd be pretty cool for Master Duel itself, or but that just kind of gathering? Uh, Magic Arena has exclusive online cards, um, and I think Yu-Gi-Oh could absolutely do cool things with uh, exclusive online cards and card effects that only work and exist in Master Duel. Uh, now, I wouldn't want it as part of like the typical standard advanced format, but I think, like I said, with different game modes different drafts and stuff like could be cool if they just created like exclusive online cards could could potentially be a neat idea definitely is there any chance that you maybe have a wish list of things that you'd like to see either fixed change or added to master rule i know i know you just rattled off a lot but is there anything in particular that really pops into your head that you meant man i would love this in master duel main thing for me 
if I was to just list like major problems and things I think the game needs. It needs a best of three ladder with side decking. It needs a draft mode. It needs a classic retro mode. And they need to let you craft banned cards, I guess, if they're not going to fully support a retro mode because they tried to do that recently. They, there is an unlimited mode, but you can't make like Pot of Greed and Graceful and stuff to play like GOAT. Uh, so some sort of like supported format for the old uh, retro classic mode, I think would be ideal for me. So those are, yeah. I guess, was that three things, I, I guess? I best of three, uh, retro and a draft. Like that would, those are like perfect three things I think would be amazing for, uh, for, the, for the game. I think that that's some wonderful points. I know that I haven't played Master Duel, I don't think since the very first festival that they did, which was maybe a synchro festival that was ruined by true draco something along the or fusion festival yeah but, i may or may not have been one of those people flipping the monarchs erupt during fusion and synchro festival which i guess was <laughs> again a major flaw of theirs now interestingly you bring up festivals but the normal rare festival that konami had was one of the best festivals they had at master duel at least i don't have the stats on it but from what i understand from my audience and people i talk to People loved the NR festival in Mastodon because of just how accessible and stuff it was, I suppose. And it was like a whole different meta and there was very many different strategies. Um, it was a huge success, I think. Um, so in terms of like touching upon like all these other kind of different formats and game modes, the game has it. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! has so many cards that it, it's there. The potential is there. You have so many so many cards in a game, you, you, you have literally millions of interactions that can possibly occur and they just need to find more creative ways to embrace that which i don't think they've been doing enough of that was my biggest issue with master duel and basically the reason i stopped playing which i, I guess it's gotten a lot better now with the unrated mode and things like that but it's, for me my biggest issue was the lack of an open-endedness to the game it felt like there should be a way to really be creative with what you want to do rather than just a just a ladder, right? A way to go in with your friends, play banned for play old retro formats with banned cards that, like you mentioned, are simply uncraftable and unplayable in Master Duel. There, you don't have a way to access them. And that feels that, like they're. I don't know if it feels like they're just scared of trying and embracing new things. Um, but yeah, that's like a massive problem. Like that, that potential is there, and they just don't want to try something different and new. Right. And a lot of that different new things would really go over quite well, I think, also in the TCG. I think that if something like Time Wizard was properly done and really embraced, that Time Wizard could be a huge, a huge thing within the TCG community. Retro formats are already massive, but something like a Time Wizard format themed product, something we've talked about on the podcast before is that if they would do something like a time capsule product, say a $20 MSRP product that comes with different, say two playable decks from a time wizard format, say a goat deck and a chaos deck, or two, pick, pick two Edison decks. And if you were able to craft products like that, then you would help a lot of things. You would buff the time wizard format scene you would pull in older players that remember those older formats and are fond of them. And you would also really help the prices of some of these Time Wizard format exclusive cards. Things like 
niche things. I I know I'm playing zombies in Edison and revived King Hades is something outrageous, like $25 or something. Trap dust shoots are $10, $15. Same with Metamorphosis. Just these old I mean. cards are usable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is what I mean about um, the unexplored nature of alternative formats. If they were to like have like a rotation or uh, some other sort of like, at least like legacy support, then they could profit off it. They can make so much money, like uh, a whole product, uh, which I've advocated for before because I had like this weird obsession for tradi with traditional format for like a, a while. Um, <laughs> Where they could just make like a traditional box that just reprinted like all of these old school band cards and staples that people really need to play things like you know goat control um a lot of those cards are still really expensive because they just haven't why would why what reason do they have to print metamorphosis right like that card is just doesn't right. need to be printed in terms of uh modern Yu-Gi-Oh because it's banned and it will never be unbanned like so that's like a major problem uh, i think that Legacy is the, the best way to go, even if they don't do rotation or something. Time Wizard format has a lot of potential. A lot of people love it. Um, but I think that they can do more to focus on it even more. I really think an exclusive event that is explicitly a cert, a, a, a format, um, like a, like something as big as like a literal like Edison YCS, I think could go down really well with the player base. But I think they need Absolutely. the product in, in line to really make sure that that can propel forward and be successful. I think a way that they could start is that if they would announce in advance, I know that at the European Nationals, they had a Time Wizard format, which was a weird kind of GOAT format, it but not really. It was GOAT format with Cyber Dark Evolution, which wasn't GOAT format. Yeah, it was, it's it's kind of, I'm trying to be respectful, but it's, it's, it's kind of laughable how that even happened. Like exactly, it's not, you can't have gold format and then make Cyber Dark Evolution legal. Like, what is it? Is it Cyber Dark Revolution? I, I don't even know. I'm not like passionate. Yeah, about it, but, like, it's cyber, what, but what I do know is like, you can't have that format with Cyber Dark. It's not the same format. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's not goat. That's just Reaper format, right. essentially. Reaper format on a goat ban list. Yeah, which to be fair is kind of an interesting, different format that really only existed for like two weeks. But it's not really what we think of when we think of goat format. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Xarion and Cyber Dragon is just not what that format is. It's very different. Right. So I think if they did something like announce, okay, well, we're hosting a, an Edison format Time Wizard event at XYCS, and they announce it maybe three months in advance rather than maybe a week in advance and not change the format completely, they could fill, I know they do the little eight-man and 16-man pods at these YCSs, like, I know I'm going to Niagara in th this weekend, and I'm not expecting to see any Time Wizard there other than walking up to somebody and saying, hey, do you want to play Edison? And everybody's got an Edison deck because, well, when it started, it was relatively cheap, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to think about the way that Konami is approaching alternative formats because it seemed like we got that notification either early this year or late last year that they wanted to explore all these alternate formats with the what would be extremely broken deck master format and things of that sort and we just never got follow through on it and yeah, no, i i wholeheartedly agree so yeah okay so my whole thing with the deck master format um was if they're going to do that like with where you have the deck master all that they'd probably either have to print special cards that can only be deck masters and that's your deck master 
or just straight up say, yeah, you can only use these cards as your deck master. Yeah, there would have to be a ban list, essentially, of deck masters. Yeah. So, uh, ban so, list like, would not, not to... be the right. I think like you would have to ban so many cards. It's easier to just say what monsters can be deck masters rather than which ones yeah. can. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. know if anyone wants like to play in a format with like a Jinzo deck master or an Amano Awato deck master because their continuous effects apply to the main game. Like that is, yeah, uh, for right. lack of a better word, uh, a shit show. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, or or like or like my idea was just printing out special cards that can only be deck masters, like maybe Jinzo, Master, blah blah blah. Similar to the skill cards in Speed Duel. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're actual monsters that you can summon and blah blah blah. Yeah, or even even if they don't want to make like new unique cards, at the very minimum, just have like okay, a, a very small basic pool, like I don't know. Mrs. Radiant is like a deck master. Your earth monsters gain 500 attack, right? Like really simple things like that right. could maybe be okay deck masters. Cause I don't know if anyone wants like an inspector border deck master format and stuff, right? Oh, I can already hear the last warrior from another planet deck master format coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, we like to close out these episodes with a bit of some questions from our audience normally we do a mailbag questions in our discord server but i would love to see chat throw some reasonable questions into chat and i would love to see if we can get some questions from chat you want to do this live you don't want to you don't want to you don't have anything pre pre-asked per se so we have a few in our discord server that we can mm. go through which are moderated, right? <laughs> so that would probably be better. Uh, we have one f which is, other than rebranding from Glasgow YGO to Farfa, what changes to your online persona do you think have led to the greatest amount of growth for your channels? Um, I don't know if really like my persona per se is what is, uh, or rather the change of the persona led to growth. I think... Um, I just thought it was time for maybe a change from my beginning era of Yu-Gi-Oh! as a content creator, as Glasgow Yu-Gi-Oh! is like, okay, well, I'm a very new content creator here, let's try different things, let's try find my identity. And I think I've really come to my own as Farfa, and the content that I make now, I feel like people kind of have a rough, vague idea as to what to expect when they come to, like, the Farfa channel. Unlike, maybe, previously, when they come to the Glasgow YGO channel, I feel like there was a lot of bit of everything going on and it didn't really sort of, I guess, cohesively come together. Like there'd be like a serious deck profile and there'd be like a funny like skit. Like it just, it was sort of a mess. So I've kind of like, at some point I rebranded and I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on like this style of content. And I think I've been vaguely consistent over the years with that. Do like a couple of serious deck profiles here and there, maybe just if it's like my own. But for the most part, it's like, okay, here's like some funny recap of like some memes and news in the Yu-Gi-Oh community and controversies and things like that. It's kind of like what I like to do, I feel, is uh, sit down and like talk about things um, that have happened. And discussions with highlights from my stream is really just like the main thing you get from my content here. So I, I don't really see myself as a YouTuber anymore, which is, uh, I suppose, funny because I started out as a YouTuber. Like, I see myself as a Twitch streamer who has a YouTube channel rather than a YouTuber who has a Twitch channel. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I, I know that there's been a lot of discussion 
from other creators in the space, like like high, like well-known creators that you can't really grow very well on YouTube. You really have to move to another platform and then push to your YouTube. Do you think that that's played at all into how you've grown kind of moving to Twitch rather than starting on kind of starting on YouTube, but moving to Twitch and then promoting your YouTube through your Twitch, but really branding yourself and coming through as a Twitch streamer? Um, sorry, do you mean uh, it's hard to grow on Twitch, not YouTube, right? So I think that there's been a some discussions. I know that I think I saw there's a I very much disagree that you can't grow on YouTube. YouTube is the best place to grow organically. I don't like on Twitch. There is no growth organically. You can't just switch on your camera having zero fan base or some sort of like stepping stone and find success. Like that's just not going to happen unless you have other ways to grow yourself. Um, and that is networking or uh, a YouTube platform or something, right? Because I feel like that's how my my Twitch grew, grew. I had like a small base of people that I started with through my YouTube and then kind of went from there. But if you expect to just turn your camera on on Twitch and stream with no one else to watch you or who's heard of you or any other platform to promote you through, um, it's, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> so that's kind of what I think. On YouTube, however, you can post a video, you can share it around a couple of groups, and the algorithm might catch on fire. And I think that's really just uh, how I started anyway, honestly. Um, one of my friends subscribed to me, a couple of Facebook groups here and there, Zodiac Duelist. I owe a lot of my success to Zodiac Duelist, which is ironic because I despise that group. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we got a lot of our growth from Twitter, actually. Uh, promoting on Twitter mm. and trying to interact with people on Twitter. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, you have to diversify your content and your avenues of advertisement. You know, I have a TikTok now that I haven't uploaded in in a week for because I've been busy with my subathon, but I've got a TikTok, post on Twitter, uh, interact with on people on Facebook, YouTube videos, Twitch streams. It all comes together, right? Different avenues, different platforms. And I think that's really uh, what you try and do. People have been telling us to start a TikTok, and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, one of my friends uh, told me that they were talking to, like, uh, was it their partner or something? Basically, like, they were, like, a marketing expert, and they were saying, like, you know, how do you grow things and advertise in this day? And he's like, make a TikTok. Right. That's what you got to do. Make a TikTok. <laughs> it is the, the best format, apparently, the best way to, like, get growth and views or anything. Make a TikTok. <laughs> right. Okay. We're gonna ask like two more questions and I'm gonna let you go. I know it's extremely late for you and we are keeping you up. So oh, don't worry. I'm... I still have another hour and 10 minutes of my subathon. So you, you, can, oh, no. you can do whatever you like. Well, we're gonna ask, what was your favorite event that you played in and why? Hmm. Favorite event? Uh, gosh. Um really hard one i'm not sure my favorite event i don't there's been so many at this point honestly but i i guess i weirdly really enjoyed my one and only american event i went to i loved dallas uh fort worth dallas i guess it was in i had a couple of friends i have a couple of friends that met you at that at that yeah, YCS. it was it was amazing honestly um something about just like american people in the culture was just it's just more fun than than European events for me personally, you know. 
Uh, no offense to Europeans, but they're really dry and kind of boring. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so going to an American event and hanging out with like, you know, America, just Americans are just crazy. Like, they're just so funny and what's the word? Uh, extrovert. I just, I, I loved America. You know, it was, it was great. Wouldn't want to live there. Gotta be honest with you. I'm be real. I, I wouldn't want to live there, but oh my God, is it a great visit? It was so good. I, and I can't wait for Pasadena. For what it's worth, I don't particularly want to live here either. So, <laughs> for what it's worth, I'd rather have healthcare. So, and that's where I'll leave that. <laughs> um, that is, uh, yeah. Don't need, don't need to get too political about it. But you know, I loved and enjoyed the YCS, but I I couldn't live there. Very happy with my uh, education in healthcare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, there are wonderful things. And I think the last question that we had here was, who would win in a fight, tour guide, beat cop, or new reporter from the underworld? Oh, who's that last one? Is that a rush to a card? Uh, reporter from the underworld? I, I believe it is, actually. Is it? I don't, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a rush to a card or if it's a card that's coming out soon. I remember seeing something about it on Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu organization, but that's about it. How, how new are we talking? Is this Is this, like, really new? I am Googling. I'm not sure if I've read yeah. it. This sounds interesting. Okay. Well, anyway, report, uh, regardless, it's always going to be my girl tour guides. Um, it's a it card is, coming like, from Darkwing Blast. And okay. She looks I very see. aggressive with that microphone is what I'll say. Mm. All right. Now, uh, just as a, you know, a, a thing to say, like tour guide is absolutely my 100% most favorite, amazing, like mascot. I'd love tour guide to death. It's my favorite card. I have a giant card that I spent money on. All of my emotes on my Twitch channel are tour guide themed. Uh, all of my notifications on Twitch are tour guide themed. I love tour guide. It's just the best monster ever. So, yeah, I love tour guide. I just, I, that's all I can say. <laughs> which is weird because my name's Arfa, which doesn't make any sense, I suppose. I mean, tour guide is integral to that deck. I mean, of yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's a BA monster, right? It's absolutely a BA monster. At least, like, in the context of the time I started, it's a BA monster, right? Because before that, it it it's not, right? Like, for a lot of people, like, tour guide was like, yeah, you summon Sangan in defense and you search a hand trap later, or you overlay into, like, Leviathan Dragon. It's like, BA came way later. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's going to be all from us. But before we go, I do need something from you and not not really from you i need it from chat uh, there's been a an alarming lack of uh, twitch primes since we've been here I, I know that you all have them give them up please the demand's been streaming for a week he, keep them going by all means three hours and 40 minutes that's not enough time to even get through the night see that's what i'm talking about there's a sub that's that's it thank you so, so much guys i really appreciate it. it's been in the blast it's been real fun so thanks for having me it Please get some sleep. Yeah, but hey, to say, thanks for letting us be on. <laughs> Absolutely, thanks so much. Oh, of course, it's uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, and uh, we, take care. Hope to meet you at. We won't be at Pasadena, but maybe the next YCS that you attend. If we are in Dallas, we'll definitely be there because we're only a couple of hours away. Awesome, sounds cool. All right, thank you guys. Take care. Yep. Yeah. Have a good evening. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 